You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. get to spend this hour together with Michael Card in the studio. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and Michael is on the uh, screen in front of me from his home in, wh- where do you live now, Michael? It's my new old home in uh, Fernvale, Tennessee, which is right out... Fernvale. I- right. Right outside of uh, Fairview, Tennessee, which is right outside of Franklin, Tennessee. <laughs> okay. Glad to pinpoint that for everyone. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Well, let me tell you what's going to happen this hour. Uh, Corey Buchanan is going to talk with us about Chicagoland Prison Outreach, an amazing ministry. I am so uh, looking forward to talking to this amazing brother. I mean, what a ministry. And then we're going to hear you teach from the Word from a Biblical Imagination Conference. Uh, Luke 15 is the passage. We'll get to that a little bit later. We've got a lot of Mm -hmm. listener comments and questions. We'll get to some of those on the program today. But you know what? Joe just told me that this podcast now has had listeners from 37 different countries. Wow. I want to see that list someday. That would be cool. I'm sorry we can't share that information with you. (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll get it. We'll get it to you. But it's very encouraging. Here's a couple of notes. This uh, looks like it might come from India. Tonight is the first time I've listened to you, Michael, and truly inspiring. I will be intentionally listening in the future. I'm encouraged. Thank you so much. Blessings to you, Michael. Isn't that amazing, Wayne? And then Sharon writes, wow. we all need more Michael music in our lives. <laughs> His music has been my biggest blessing in good times and my worst heartbreaks. Wow. Bless this man and his heart with his gift of song. So thank you for those notes and so many others that have come in recently. You know what I've, I've learned, though, in the past few years, Wayne, is if, is if anything you and I do really helps people, really yeah. helps yeah. people, yeah. we have nothing to do yeah. with it. That's <laughs> true. And that's a wonderfully freeing idea. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful for the encouragement, but uh, if it really helped you, you know, thank the Lord for that. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. Well, let's begin, before we meet Corey here, let's begin with your song, Living Stones. Now, this was recorded yeah. in the studio a while yes. back, so it was a live performance in studio. Yeah, uh, Kenneth Cook was with you that day. Yeah, Kenneth was uh, a teacher at New Hope Academy and uh, just a sweet, sweet brother, kind of part of the part of the community, and he's got he's got a wonderful voice. Here's Living Stones, our first song on the podcast today from Michael Card and Kenneth Cook. Living stones, living stones, we are holy living stones built upon the firm foundation that is Jesus. Stones, living stones, we are holy living 
systems built upon the firm foundation that is Jesus. And as we cling to that rock who became a stumbling block, we remember we are living stones. And by the word of his mouth, we are made one holy house Though we live as scattered strangers We are not homeless, we are free We are one family, one for One overseer of our souls Says we are his own possession We are living stones Living stones, living stones Nice. Living Stones, uh, Michael Card. Duet with uh, Kenneth Cook. Again, thanks to both of you, Michael. Yeah, Kenneth is a sweet brother. Yeah. Hey, the unseen part of this podcast is, of course, our friend and producer, Joe Carlson. And uh, we've talked about this a couple of times in the program, but Joe is a chaplain in the Cook County Jail System working with Chicagoland Prison Outreach. Yeah, and we we keep begging Joe to come on the show to uh, tell us his story, but... (laughs) I think, I think it happened well, once. Yeah, it did happen once. Uh, but uh, but what we've done now is we've reached out to basically his boss. Yeah, we've gone over Joe's head, haven't yes. we? <laughs> okay, so we've invited Corey Buchanan to join us here. Corey is executive director of CPO, which is Chicagoland Prison Outreach. Corey, welcome here to uh, in the studio with Michael. Oh well, thank you. So good to be with uh, with you, Michael and you, Wayne and. Hey, and we are incredibly proud of Joe. Joe is doing incredible work in, inside of Cook County Jail. Mm. Yeah, n- not th- both of you and, and others don't have the easiest jobs in the world, but there has to be some reward as well as as uh, you work and represent the Lord in these places. Corey, how's it going for you? 2020 has been a year in which we've had to pivot, but as we look back over the year, um, you know, we can look back with so much excitement uh, we've been able actually to reach more people in COVID-19 than we did previously. So wow. um, it's been strange and amazing at the same time. That's certainly encouraging. Mike, what do you think? Well, I, you know, I, I just wonder, you know, how do you affect the heart change when you're helping these uh, ex-offenders, you know, you know, move to the outside? I mean, I, I can't even begin to understand in the context of COVID, how you do that, but but uh, even without that, how Corey, how do you how do you affect that change? How do you encourage these brothers to move on? You know, really, our, our organization is is so pastoral. Our primary work is what we do on the inside of jails, prisons, and detention centers, and and we're there as a pastoral presence um, to really to really shepherd and care for those who are on the inside. Mm-hmm. And and it's because of that care that happens on the inside with us, you know, just being there, being present, opening up the Word of God and, and helping individuals come to know Christ. That's what really led us to do more 
formal and effective work when individuals are released. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the last 15 years, we've been providing free vocational training to men and women who were once incarcerated. And so what we look to do is, as it relates to, to heart change is, one, we really, really believe in authentic relationships. Um, it's not just something we do. It's really who we are, that we, we really want to have authentic relationships um, with, 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 our, with these people. Um, and they, they really become our friends. They become uh, our family members. And, 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 that, and that begins the start of this heart change because then we're able to open up the Word of God and, and they realize that it's coming from, from an authentic, real place, uh, from real people. And, and, and that, that, be, that begins the path for us to say, hey, Holy Spirit, it's on you now to really affect the heart change. But, but our work is to really say, hey, let's be genuine, let's have authentic relationships, um, and let's, let's open the Word of God and be teachers and disciple-makers. Boy, it's a great, uh, a great model for, for others to follow there, Corey. So you have, uh, after their release, you have job training opportunities. Uh, what, what form does it take? What, what do you train them to do? We have a, a 14-week welding program where we teach uh, ARC, MIG, TIG, welding, those who are interested in welding. And so we give them a, the basic intro of welding. We provide what's known as wraparound services, job readiness classes, job placement assistance. Um, we we also provide um, mentoring. We have men from the community uh, come out to meet with our students twice twice a month. Uh, so we provide these services um, and, and a part of our vocational training. We also have a carpentry class, and the carpentry class is also accompanied by all of those other wraparound services as well. So very practical, employable uh, skills that you're, you're training. Uh, how, how many men go through this program? We normally take 30 um, students a year for our welding and 50 for a carpentry. Wow. Huh. I can't even begin to imagine the uh, sort of the emotional investment that you you guys must make in these brothers before uh, before they even start their training. There, there is there, there is an incredible emotional investment. I think again, as I said, that really part of our DNA is is that we're very relational. Yeah. Um, and I like to say, if you cut us, we bleed discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's in the nature of who we are. And I do think if you're committed to discipleship. That, that that you are you do have to be emotionally, mentally, you have to be all in. And and you realize that that you may have more discouragement than you have encouragement. Um but from a biblical point of view, we we, we just really trust God and, and trust the Lord. So when when people do well, um we blame God. Um and um, <laughs> when people don't do well, we don't we don't take any we don't. We don't. We don't take any hits from that. We we really just just trust the Lord, and we want to be faithful to what He's called called us to do. And we believe that that God really does um, do the rest. Well, can I ask a really crass question? Please. Uh, what What are your percentages? I mean, in terms of recidivism, or and 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 in terms of those guys who go on and are successful in that uh, new outside career in welding or carpentry. Sure. Yeah. You know, we haven't looked at our numbers yet for for 2020, but 
our numbers in 2018 and 2019 is 85% wow. um, placement rate. And and so what that what that looks like oh, when, when individuals have now a career in their hands, um, they put down crime. Wow. And 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 they're able they're able to kind of continue continue into this uh, in this career path. Well, that's an ama- but, that's amazing. I I would have never dreamt it would be that high. Yeah. Good for you. Corey, I know from talking to Joe that, uh, you know, it's quite a commitment that they're making to entering in that uh, those training programs, and obstacles come up. I mean, it's kind of spiritual warfare many times, isn't it? Oh, you know, the, the spiritual warfare dynamic, it is it is consistent <laughs> at best. We, we started our program back in 2005, and it never fails every class. Um, our students... Uh, endure so much spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Many of them they they don't they don't know that's what it is. However, uh, at at the at the very beginning of class, if I have an opportunity to speak with them, it's the very thing I tell them that hey, you're you're starting out on this journey, and this journey is not just you learning a vocational trade. This journey is really about you changing your life. Yeah. Um, be, because our, our program is not just training vocationally. We want to. We have Bible studies with our students. We provide mentorship and those other relationships, and we provide accountability. And so, we really want to be able to push them um, to to really walk with the Lord and, and to and to walk a new life. And, and everything seems to happen uh, in those short fourteen weeks. Um, you know, life seems to fall apart for them, and it's busting at the seams. Um, we we have individuals who lose 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 their place to stay. Mm. Um, they 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 may lose a car or family members and drug issues, and, yeah. and everything just seems to surface uh, for them. And so we we do know that it is spiritual warfare. Well, Corey, without obviously without betraying any confidences or using any names. Do you have a, a one story in particular that would be good for us to hear of, of one individual? Um, I mean, it's always good to see a face when you're thinking about a ministry like this. There was one individual who I can think of. This was a brother who I spent two years with wow. on the inside at Cook wow. County Jail. Wow. Spent two years in Bible study, um, in group Bible study, spent time with him in one-on-one Bible study, in counseling. And the Lord was really working in his life. He was released, came home, enrolled into our program. And at the time, he had a place to stay um, that there seemed to be some stability. And and about a little less than midway through through the program, um, he was he was kicked out of his home, mm-hmm. um, didn't have a place to stay, um, you know. Had had to stay on the streets a few times, mm. and and then end up finding finding a place to go, and then after that he he had a brother who ended up having um a, a mental a mental breakdown oh. in the midst in the midst of that that time. Mm. There there were moments where he just didn't have money to be able to get back and forth um, to school, and 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 so for him, you know. Life was just falling apart mm. while while he was trying to invest to change his life, and and this is the reality is that life is falling apart, so he can quit, so he can quit coming to school, and and 
and praise God he didn't quit. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 he endured. He, 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 he stayed committed. He, he actually tried to really double down on relationships that he made while he was in the program. He connected with some of our mentors. And that, and that helped him get through. It helped him get through the program. Because for two years you've been pouring his life and your life into him. I mean, you you were you prepared him to for that struggle. Yes. Yeah. You know, I probably wouldn't have thought that he would have had that much of difficulty in his life at that time. Um. But but who knows? And so we're we're, we're thanking God now. He's he's been he's been working for since he left our program. Um, and, that, and actually, he's he's a manager where he's working at right now. Wow, that's a great story, wow. Corey. Yeah. Well, how how is it that you're able to find uh, people who are willing to provide employment once these people are trained and ready for jobs and and their lives are beginning to turn around? And how do you find someone to take them on? You know, it's, it's almost like an all hands on deck effort. So. One, the first thing is we try to train individuals in what we call felony-friendly employment. Mm. So we know that welding is felony-friendly, carpentry is felony-friendly, and there are other trades that are felony-friendly. And what that simply means is that like these these are career opportunities where your felony is, doesn't become that much of a barrier. There are uh-huh. instances where they, where they would be a barrier, but... For the most part, it doesn't become a barrier. So that is, one, incredibly helpful for them to be able to now have a career path where their felony will not keep them from employment. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Secondly, that is, there has been a great demand, um, particularly even in the area of welding, even through the economy bottom, bottoming in 2009 and 10, um, there's been a great demand for welding. So that's been helpful. Thirdly, we work with we work with a number of other agencies um, that that help us with with finding employment. We work with some staffing agencies and and other companies um, that are that are looking for welders. And so they're willing to take our students on entry level um, and bring them on and and to help them kind of continue to grow in this craft of, of welding. And as it relates to carpentry, we we just recently relaunched our carpentry program and uh, the carpentry industry here in Chicago is, is just kind of starting to bounce back um, from the economy bottom. Um, so, so our students are going to the carpenters union. You're making a huge difference, Corey, you and all those who work with you at Chicagoland prison outreach. Uh, the website, by the way, for our listeners to check out more is cpoministries.org. Did I get that right, Corey? cpoministries.org. Yes, sir. Okay. Please check that out, and if nothing else, uh, you know, contribute, but pray for this ministry. Michael, I, I wonder if you would pray for Corey and his team right now. Yeah, uh, let's, let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this brother. I thank you for uh, the burden that you must have laid on his heart to, to care for and pour his life into so many men who have uh, who've suffered and endured and are confused and need help and direction and and uh, thank you, for Lord Jesus, for pouring your life into Corey so that he could uh, make this ministry uh, happen. So uh, we pray for these brothers as they, uh, as they go through the, this maze of, uh, of uh, transitioning to the outside. 
thank you for those that are uh, employing them. And we pray for continued success as they um, uh, rebuild their lives and they, they uh, function in these careers. So we have nothing but thanksgiving in our hearts uh, to you, Lord Jesus, in this. And we thank you, especially for our brother, Corey, in your name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Corey Buchanan, Executive Director, Chicagoland Prison Outreach Ministries. And uh, producer Joe Carlson, thank you for bringing Corey to us today. Amen. All right. God bless, Corey. We'll talk to you again soon. God bless. Thank you, guys. Thanks. COVID keeps coming up in our conversations here. Mm. You know, Michael, it's been such an important and difficult year for so many people. I'm aware that some people listening right now perhaps have even lost loved ones because of it. Yeah, we, we lost a, a, an older lady in our church a couple of months ago. And, but it, it affects people in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. The suicide rate is even up. You, yeah. you and I were talking about this before opening the mics here. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the figure I heard in, in uh, some countries is up to 200%. I think in Japan, it's maybe up 200%. And uh, wow. that is staggering. Well, this is an issue we are hearing from some of our listeners about. Uh, we have a note here. Yes. Let me start the note. Uh, she says, I have been placed in battles with depression, self-harm, and suicide, battles that I still face on a weekly basis. Some I have a lot. One almost claimed me. I rediscovered your music, in particular, The Edge. I listened to that song and renew that same promise Every year, mm. so this song, "The Edge," has really impacted her. Yeah, and it's really cool to me that she recognized that that song is uh, a pledge. And uh, in fact, I almost called it the pledge because it, it's it's basically oh. a promise that you're not going to let yourself get to that point again. I'm I'm a person in college who struggled with suicide, uh, and and so I I think I have a little bit of uh, understanding of what uh, what goes through your heart and what goes through your mind, even as a believer. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and this song is just saying, I will, I will, I will, uh, I will never let myself get to that place again. Uh, and of course, you do that by relying on the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen to what else she says before we hear your song, The Edge, here. She says, I have inadvertently called a childhood friend in the middle of his own suicide mm-hmm. attempt and had to talk him out of doing what I still wanted to do myself. Wow. Wow. I still do at times. But I had no say in when or how I entered this world and have no say in the manner of my parting. Mm. And there is light, even if I can't see or feel it. Your music has helped me remember how to breathe and find the starlight in the dark mm. of night. Yeah, one of the lines in the song is, I promise I will always leave the darkness for the light. I will, And, and I, I really do think, I, I had one counselor tell me, oh, this is a dangerous song because you're teaching people that they actually have the power to say no. Uh, to suicidal thoughts, and uh, that puzzled me because I think um, I think I understand what they were saying, but at the same time, I think the Lord do- does empower us to choose yeah. life and to choose light and to yeah. tur- turn towards Him. And and Amen. I can tell you, as a, you know, as a person with some experience, uh, that's why I'm here, Wayne. Uh, I, yeah. I I turned to Christ, and I realized I do have hope in in what seemed. A hopeless situation. He is our hope. Well, I want others listening to know that we're thinking of you and praying for you, and 
This song hopefully will encourage you as you listen to it right now from Michael Card Studio, The Edge. Most of us will never know how dark this world can seem when life becomes more nightmare than a dream so to all of you who have survived a visit to the edge I trust that you will understand this pledge I promise I will always leave the darkness for the light I swear by all that's holy I will not give up the fight I'll bring down death like water Before I ever come again To that dark place where I might make The choice for life to end I found that as I've traveled of my life that mountaintops make valleys in between and when that nameless sadness like a cloud comes over me I look back on all the brightness I have seen I promise I will always leave the darkness for the light I swear by all that's holy, I will not give up the fight. I'll bring down death like water before I ever come again. To that dark place where I might make the choice for life to end. And realize that though my world might seem so torn apart, most often it is joy that breaks the heart And that I am the richest man Though I must beg for bread For the very one who might condemn Has called me friend instead I promise I will always leave The darkness for the light I swear by all that's holy I will not give up the fight I'll drink down death like water Before I ever come again To that dark place where I might make The choice for life to end Such an important song to hear as we come to the halfway point of this session. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, we'd like to point you to the National Suicide Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Again, if you need help now, call 800-273-8255. And we'll have this number posted on the podcast page at michaelcard.com. 
Coming up after a break, more listener questions and teaching from Michael from Luke on the parable of the Good Samaritan. Much more waiting for you after this message here in the studio with Michael Card. The Christian Standard Bible, scholarly, accurate, readable, current. Come see the types of Bibles available that could help you start off 2021 in a fresh way. Here's Michael. The Lifeway folks who are responsible for this new translation, they've come out with all sorts of helpful versions. You know, anything that we can do to get people engaged with Scripture, we got to do. And CSB, I think, is a wonderful tool. Visit csbible.com and see what could enrich your reading in 2021. So many study Bibles and special editions like the Holy Land Illustrated, Day-by-Day Chronological, the Disciples Bible, and many others. When you order, receive your 30% discount on CSB Purchase at Lifeway when you use the promotion code in the studio. Just type in the studio with no spaces for your 30% discount. The Christian Standard Bible, a great translation, a great selection, and now a great discount. csbible.com Let's take a few minutes and look at some of the comments and questions that have come from listeners. You can reach us in the studio at michaelcard.com through email in the studio at michaelcard.com. Paul wrote and said, I've been listening to the In the Studio podcast for I don't know how many years and mm. learned so much about the Bible that somehow I've never known before. I grew up in the church and have attended Sunday school classes from the twos and threes class all the way to now. I'm on the other side of 50, he says and am amazed when you present something from a story in the Bible that I've heard preached before, but you've given it a new perspective. The Bible is like a multifaceted diamond that you can look at again and again and still see something new. We've talked about that before, haven't we? Yeah, we do. I mean, I think the, the, one of the best ways to express it is you never squeeze it dry. True. You know, I've, I've written books on passages and, you know, you, you sort of think, well, you know, this is the final word. This is the last thing that will ever, you know, be said. And you and, and you discover you barely scratch the surface because the Bible is it's a living book. You're you're never gonna you're never gonna get to the bottom of it. And praise God that it is. Yes. Andrew writes Thanks, Paul. Andrew writes and has a question. Thank you, Michael Card. I'm using your book on Hesed to guide the Sunday school class I'm teaching this fall. Your writing has given us a lot to think about and has led to a deeper appreciation for the love of God for his people. I am preparing for tomorrow's class. Maybe we can't help with that particular class now, but we are looking at the chapter on Psalm 109. Uh, As I work through some application questions, I've become challenged with this idea. How often have I been the accuser when I do not bless my enemies? hmm. When I know that I have experienced true hesed, but then fail to bless others with the same. How often has my local church been the group of accusers David refers to when we do the same and not truly love our enemies? Thank you for moving me to confront these challenging questions. Yeah, I, I love Psalm 109. It's, uh, it's one of the enemy psalms. Uh, and David, it, but, but it, 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 interesting, Wayne, it's, it's, a, it's an enemy psalm, but it's a psalm of hesed. The, the word hesed occurs four times uh, in this psalm. But but what happened? What has happened is that 
there is a person in David's life who uh, he had empowered to care for the poor and to do, you know, sort of benevolent things uh, related, you know, I think to David's uh, kingship and authority. And this person has abused that authority instead of giving to the poor, he's taken from the poor. And so in 109, David is angry. He's mm. he's sharing uh, with God his anger uh, at this uh, person, whoever it was. And, um, and what I find interesting is that David is confident, I think, that God is even angrier uh, than he is at this person for... Uh, even though he was shown Hesed, uh, in verse forty, uh, in verse uh, sixteen, uh, David says, "For he did not think to show Hesed, uh, but instead he pursued the suffering, the needy, and the broken-hearted. In order to put them to death, he left cursing, and then on it goes. Uh, David is handing God over, handing his enemy over yeah, yeah. to God." It's a rem- there. It's a remarkable psalm. There's a couple of other psalms like this, but 109, I think, is the best example. And of course, we're all guilty of what Andrew expresses here with his questions. How yes. often have I been guilty of of not blessing others with that which I have been blessed? Yes, and and I think you know, in in that case, Psalm 109 is instructive. You know, there there's a certain expectation that God has. If well, Jesus says we should. Show mercy as we've been, you know, we should be merciful as we've been shown mercy. Yeah. And when you don't do that, um, you disappoint God. I won't say that God necessarily becomes angry every time, but I think that uh, I, I definitely know that I don't want to stand before God someday having disappointed him. And I think uh, he wants us to realize as we've been shown Hesed, God's loving kindness, then, then, uh, not because of any kind of a covenant stipulation, but because there's an expectation that we we will show kindness and mercy and hesed in return as we have been shown kindness and mercy and hesed. And if we don't, God will be disappointed. And I don't want, I don't know about you, I don't want to disappoint God. No, no. No. Well, again, thank you for writing to us, and and please don't hesitate to ask these questions. I'm sorry we can't uh, answer every one of them that we receive here in the limited time that we have, and and we can't answer them in time. So uh, I, I hope <laughs> yeah. he uh, hope his Sunday school class worked through this without our help. I think right, they probably right. Could, probably. Oh, I'm can. sure they did. I'm yes. sure they did. Yeah. Well, again, you can reach us through our website or the direct email address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. And then one more thing, when you go to like Apple Podcasts to listen to this program, you can leave reviews of this program, which helps let other people know who we are and what we're about. So what it accomplishes, it attracts new listeners to the podcast. So we thank you for doing that. It, it's not a uh, wasted effort, believe me. It's very much no. appreciated. You will be helping us if you do that for us. Yeah, indeed. So thank you very much. Well, Mike, we're going to turn to your teaching at a Biblical Imagination Conference now, but just before we get to Luke chapter 15 here today, your song recorded in the studio, Live This Mystery. When I consider the secret of the one who dwells in me, that there is truly a presence in the heart that will believe to listen to a silent call 
The quiet hunger to give it all As the river seeks to be Forgotten in the sea So my soul is so thirsty It longs for thee Like a moth around the flame Drawn to the light and to the pain Since my life is hid in thee I must live this mystery In Him we live, in Him we move, in Him all things are new. The mystery of life in Christ is Christ can live in you. I hear the silence, it's clamoring. There is only Christ, He is everything. In the language of the soul, it's burning like a coal. There's a voice that is saying you can be whole A life where all is new Of timeless moments waits for you With a heart alone you see That you must live this mystery clear on who Luke is, doctor, slave, uh, companion to Paul. Uh, out of that, out of who he is, flows this business of his interest in people who should understand it don't, but and people who shouldn't do, and there's this radical reversal, this turnaround that's happening. Uh, there's, some, there's some structure, uh, the, the principal structure in the book is this... Um, great central section, the travel narrative, which I also think may have something to do with Paul, because when he's with Paul, what's he doing? Uh, he's traveling the whole time. Have you, ever read, have you ever read the story of how they met? Yeah, the, the moment that they meet is in Acts, and it's, it's, it's an odd passage. If you listen to it, it's really odd. This is uh, Acts 16, verse 6. Okay, and who wrote Acts? Luke. Luke. Okay, so listen to the pronouns. They, what does they mean? It means he's not with them. Okay. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Huh? They tried to go in Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. So they, they, they try to go north, and the Holy Spirit won't let them. They got to try to go south, the Spirit of Jesus won't let them. They're being funneled. Uh, passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas. 
During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts. That's when they become, become we in Acts. And so the, the idea is that's where they met. How cool is that? Of course, I'm sure very, there are very smart people that disagree with that, but I think it's my academic reason for believing it is. I really want it to be true because I think it's a cool idea. Um, so we talked about the unmiraculous miracles of Jesus. I'm just recapping. Luke, Luke's interest in parable is, is unique. If you read Matthew, um, the, the, uh, Papias, who's one of the church fathers, he says that Matthew collected the sayings of Jesus, the logia. He collected the logia of Jesus. And when you look at Matthew, what do you have? You have five big blocks of the collection of the sayings of Jesus. And so you'll have parables. And he'll string a bunch of parables together because he's collected these sayings of Jesus. Luke doesn't do that. Luke is the only gospel that shows us parables working. He, he tells us what was going on when Jesus told the parable. And not every time, but sometimes he'll, he'll show us the effect of the parable. The Pharisees understood that Jesus had told that parable against them. That's only Luke that does that. So he's interested in, interested in how parables uh, work. Um, and parables work in two ways. There are two principal uh, ways they work. Now, the first one is by, and this is in your notes, is by identification. Jesus tells his parables in such a way that people listening, the different people in the crowd will identify with, with different people. We're going to look at that in the parable of the prodigal son. He tells, Luke tells us that there are sinners listening and that there are Pharisees listening. So Jesus tells a story about a bad kid and a good kid. Who do you think the sinners are going to identify with? The bad kid. Who do you think the Pharisees are going to identify with? The elder brother, the good kid who did everything right. Okay? So that he, Jesus uses, and it's really elegant, it's brilliant, but he uses his parables to, uh, to focus in on uh, uh, different, different people. Um, let me clear up a statement here, like uh, Matthew 13. Uh, he says, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not seeing, hearing they do not hear, uh, otherwise I would turn and heal them. And there are people that say, well, Jesus taught in parables to be kind of obscure. That's absolutely false. If you see what he was saying, it's connected back to the, um, the context, in, and uh, it's right here in Isaiah 6, 9. Um, you, you don't say the same things three different ways when you're trying to be obscure. Okay? So, again, the purpose is not being obscure. The purpose is to really teach people and draw people in. Not just, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't draw diagrams and didactic, didactically teach. Um, he, 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 uh, he does it uh, in, a, in the most effective way. If we assume he's perfect, he does it in the most effective way. So identification. And the other way parables work is what I call lack, a lack of closure. And that is, except for the seed parables in, math, er, in Mark, he, he tells a story and he says, let, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You've got to engage. He's not going to tell you what it means. Okay? Um, and there's some examples listed there. So I thought what I, what I wanted to do is look at 
three or four of the Lucan parables, starting with the parable of the Good Samaritan. So let's look at uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan in chapter 10, 1025. Let me quote to you from the Mishnah. The Mishnah is the collected sayings of the rabbis from 200 B.C. to 200 A.D. And what the rabbi says is that he that eats the bread of Samaritans is like the one who eats the flesh of swine. Every day prayers were offered in the synagogue that the Samaritans might not partake in eternal life. Um, and in, in Luke, in uh, 951, Jesus has just been rejected by the Pharisees. Now, John will let us know there was a time he went through a Samaritan village that he was accepted. Well, it's the woman at the well. He's accepted in that village. But in Luke 951, Jesus is rejected by the Samaritans. Okay. Uh, so let's look at this story. One day, uh, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. So, see what he's doing? Here's a parable, but he's telling us the setting that Jesus tells the parable in. Only Luke does this. So he stands up to test him. Teacher, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Again, that's Judaism in a nutshell, right? Going to heaven is based on what I do, inheriting eternal life. So it's the wrong question. What's written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? Very rabbinic answer. How do you read it? He answered, it's the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He sticks Leviticus 19 in there just to kind of, just for good measure. And that might, that, that bothers us. We think in Greek, okay? It's different, thinking Hebrew is different than thinking Greek. Greek people think the answer is one thing. In Hebrew, you don't think like that. So, so you'll say, what's the greatest? And I give you two answers, and you go, okay. So we think, no, that doesn't work. Which, you know, which one of those are the greatest? But, you know, Hebrew thinkers, don't, that doesn't bother them. So he just gave him two verses, because they are, they are related. And they're from Jesus' favorite verse, the Shema. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Okay? So there we are. There's the story. It, it ended so well. It could have gone so well. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And here it comes. Now, again, Jesus, when he does a parable, he just stands up and launches into it. There's no explanation. You know, let me tell you a story that's really about this and blah, blah, blah. He doesn't do that. Uh, and his longest parables, I tied it, his longest par parable takes 53 seconds to read. So they're not long. And this is a short one. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's a very steep down, down the ridge. He fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Now the people who are listening to this story go, of course. No one's outraged that the priest said, that's what a priest should do. Because what happens if he touches this bloody guy? He's unclean, and it's going to take him weeks to get, get that back. So, you know, we're outraged. They weren't outraged. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, the crowd goes, Ugh. a Samaritan has he traveled, 
came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity. And I think almost certainly Jesus used the word chesed. He shows hesed. Hesed, one of the features of, of hesed, hesed is translated 169 different ways. It's the word, it's the word that loving kindness was invented. The, the word loving kindness was invented in 1535 by Miles Coverdale, who was translating the Hebrew Bible, to try to translate the word hesed. He made up that word. Okay? In Shakespeare's time, they made up words all the time. Okay? So loving kindness is a made up word to translate this word. And one of the facets of hesed is you do it, you, you never do hesed to get paid back. If, if you do something to pe- get paid back, that's charity, and that's a good thing to get someone thank you or whatever. But you do hesed with no expectation of ever getting anything back. The two greatest acts of hesed in Judaism, the greatest act is to bury someone because they can't thank you, right? Second greatest act of hesed, ladies, is to have a baby because they don't thank you, right? You know they don't thank you. <laughs> But in Judaism, those are the two great acts of Hesed, to bury, bury someone and to, uh, to bear a child. So this is, this is I think, a parable of, of, of Hesed. So he saw the man and he took pity on him. He went to him. Oh, Hesed is always over the top. So, so he bandages him. He puts him on the thing. He puts him on the donkey. He takes him to the inn. He pays for the inn. You know, that's Hesed if it's over the top. Okay. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He took him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins, one for him and one for the man, uh, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. See how over the top that is? That's Hesed. Over the top. So now we're back. Uh, which one of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? So the, the question that b- brought the par- parable out was, who's my neighbor? So your neighbor is the person that needs you. That's what he's teaching, okay? Um, the expert in the law. Notice he won't say um, Hesed. I mean, he won't say Samaritan. Uh, the expert of the law replied, the one who had Hesed, the one who showed Hesed mercy on him. Okay, circumlocution, he won't say Samaritan. Um, My note says, the scribe had the correct answer in his head in verse 27. Jesus' parable moves the answer from his head to his heart. So uh, the the conclusion is, go and do likewise. Don't you know there's a place in the middle of your heart? An empty place that only Christ can fill. If you bow your knee to Jesus and claim him as your own Don't you doubt for a minute that he will Don't you know that he loves you Don't you know that he cares Don't you know that he died to save your soul And don't you doubt for a minute that he will at a time in your life when you're really in between with people tugging you from every side and the pain of growing up is almost more than you can bear and all you want to do is run and hide but don't you see that now's the time 
when you really need him most He's waiting and he's calling to you still He only wants to love you and hold you in his arms And don't you doubt for a minute that he will Don't you know that he loves you Don't you know that he cares Don't you know that he died to save your soul And don't you doubt for a minute that he will Don't you know that he loves you Well, it's been our prayer that this session has challenged you at a heart level. If this is your experience, please take a moment and email your reactions to this hour. You can send your comments, song requests, or questions to us when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your email. Again, in the studio at michaelcard.com. Learn about Michael's books and music so you can expand on what you've heard in this session at michaelcard.com. And the link to Corey Buchanan and CPO Ministries is there as well, michaelcard.com. We're excited about the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible when you visit csbible.com. As we start off in 2021, it's a great time to look into a new Bible translation. Look through the variety of editions online. And when you order, use the promotion code in the studio typed with no spaces to receive your 30% discount on CSB purchases through Lifeway. The Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. We hope you'll join us for next week's podcast release. For all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to this edition of In the Studio with Michael Carr.